Hey, what's happening, guys? Grace and peace to you. I hope all is well with you. Uh, welcome back to Live the Life podcast. Um, yeah, today's message is called Glorified Tension. Uh, glorified Tension. And again, just a quick recap of, of what we've been doing this year, right? So the word that the Lord gave me coming into this year was down on our knees in 2023. And again, I've been trying to help lead you guys into this this secret place, this intimacy with God, you know, starting on the foundation that, that he is a God of love and mercy, right? Knowing who God is, knowing who we are in Christ and and knowing and understanding those things draws us close to God, right? We're being drawn into him and this intimacy and, and carving out time to go in a closet, literally to go into a room and shut the door and just wait upon the Lord, you know, just picture yourself laying at the feet of Jesus, not asking for anything, not praying for anything, just satisfied that you're <laughs> laying at the feet of Jesus, you know, and it's through that process that, you know, he, he starts to speak to us in different ways. And it's just a beautiful time, man. Sometimes nothing happens, right? But at a minimum, it's, we're laying at the feet of Jesus, which is where I believe I'm going to be when, when I get to heaven is I'll be laying at the feet of Jesus for 10,000 years before I even ask him any questions. You know, I'm, I just can't wait to be with Jesus. Amen. So we, we started off the year with that. And then we moved into this, this future exchange. You know, we started to build upon the reality of who God is, the reality of who we are, and knowing who we are and knowing and understanding God's word and applying it, right? It is truth. And we talked about not sacrificing um, our future glory and promises that God makes for us um, for temporary satisfaction, right? Don't sell your blessing for, for a bowl of soup. And then we, we went last week, we went deeper. We went into this radical obedience. Again, all birthed from this intimacy with God, knowing who we are, knowing who he is. Uh, understanding our future glory, not compromising that glory, right? And and we're growing, and and then it we we stepped into radical obedience, man. Which again, G- Jesus was the most radically obedient person that ever walked this earth. He only did what his father said to do. He was only doing what his father was doing. Um, you could say Jesus was an, an activist. For the kingdom of God, he came in and flipped the world upside down from what all the religious leaders and Pharisees and Sadducees and intellectuals and everybody who thought they knew, right, who God was, what he was going to look like when he came, Jesus flipped that all upside down and just changed it, you know, but in doing that, he was drawing people towards himself, you know, he was drawing people in with you know what I mean? He knew the Bible. He knew the word of God. He was the word of God. He is the word of God. And the, and the intellectuals knew the word of God. But the, the broken, the sinners, the lost, you know what I mean? The, the, the drudge of the earth that nobody wanted to deal with, that's who Jesus came to teach because they didn't know, right? And then he's telling all the others right to their face what the truth is, but they weren't willing to accept it. And, and it's the same thing that we see today. It's the same thing we see in churches today. It's the same thing we see in all religions. Fill in the blank. 
you know, uh, Catholic, Christian, uh, Mormon, Muslim, you know, you just fill in the blank. You know, God hates religion, man. He, he created us for relationship. Religion doesn't work. Old Testament religion did not work, right? We, we've been through that moving through the years. It's, you know, or moving into this year and, and over the last couple months, we've been talking about that, that Jesus is all about love, man. God is love. God created us out of his love for his son. He created us, this world and everything in it for us so that we could enter into relationship with him and love him back. Not, not be a bunch of religious people walking the earth trying to keep laws. Because when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. That's why he came, because religion did not work. It actually jacked things up worse and hurt people worse and set standards and, and divided everybody worse, you know. Um, it, was, it was a bad thing. So Jesus came and fixed it, man. He died for all sin, right? He fulfilled the law. Right, and the law is the law of love, man, to love God and to love others. And we do that through the secret place, through not compromising our future glory, through a radical obedience. We're obedient because we love God, man. And we love his word and we know that it's true. Amen. So now we're moving into this glorified tension um, message that, that I was reminded of. We're going through the, the book of Mark. Um at, uh, at church, and uh, it's been a wonderful, refreshing, uh, beautiful reality, man. Just just a wonderful uh, spin on the book of Mark, you know. And it's not a spin; it's truth, it's reality. But it's it's been such a raw teaching, you know. So I want to read out of Mark two. I'm going to just breeze through Mark one, you know, just talking about when Jesus came. You know, John the Baptist prepared the way, started saying, hey, Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming, right? Letting everybody know uh, Jesus comes. He gets baptized. Um, he gets tempted in the desert, right? And then he starts to begin his ministry, um, you know, starts to say things that the kingdom of God is at, at hand. He starts to claim who he is, that he is the God of the universe. He is the Messiah, he starts to call his followers who had already been hearing about him. They were already being drawn towards him. So when Jesus said, follow me, they were like, heck yeah, I'm going to follow this guy, right? They were being drawn in to, to the truth of God's love and who he is, right? And then Jesus goes into synagogue and once again announces who he is, why he came, what he's here to do, claimed to be the Messiah, stated that this scripture has been fulfilled, and again, he's already starting to flip the world upside down. As you continue to read it, his, he starts to become more and more you know, famous. His name is being spread uh, everywhere. Everybody's hearing about Jesus. People are coming to see Jesus. Um, amazing things are happening. You know, when he's preaching, there's just multitudes coming. He's healing the sick, raising the dead. You know what I mean? Just, just getting down. Um, and then as we move on to uh, chapter 2, which is what I want to talk to you guys about today. This is his glorified, you know, tension. There's this great tension uh, starting to build. So this is a story of Jesus forgiving and healing uh, the paralytic man. I'm going to read this to you. So Mark 2, chapter 1. Again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered there, 
uh, so that there was no longer any room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof uh, where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic man was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes and Pharisees were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So this is where this tension really starts to build between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the religious leaders. They hated Jesus and they wanted to kill Jesus because he was claiming to be God, man. And you can read into that however you want. We are Jesus Christ to this world. We are hated because of our love of Christ. Even this last weekend on the Super Bowl, wonderful commercials about Jesus, and he gets us and he loves us, and people mock those commercials, man. This world is so jacked up and and just blind and distorted to the truth, worshiping Satan, full of sin. It's horrible. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to admit it. But every knee will bow. You know what I'm saying? There's only one way to heaven. That's through Jesus Christ. That's acknowledging your sins, whether you want to or not, that you're a sinful person. You need to ask Jesus for forgiveness and and receive him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way to get into heaven. And sin is sin. We've talked about that. All sin is the same. Nobody wants to be told they're sinners. Nobody wants to be told their choices are wrong. But the reality is, it's it's wrong, man. There's so much wrong things going on in this world right now that the world has made okay and acceptable. And, you know, they're calling it tolerable. And it's it's just, nothing's changed, man, over the years. It, sin is sin, period. And we're all, we all fall short. Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners and we all fall short. So whatever your choices are, that's fine. You live your life however you want to. But don't discount what your choices are. Just like I can't discount my sin. When I make my sinful choices, my prideful choices, my whatever selfish ways, or, you know, when my flesh bears up, you know, that's sin. And I have to, and I'm convicted of it, and I repent, and I turn to the Lord, and I ask for his forgiveness. It's the same for all of us. So, and, and it's all based in the word of God. The word of God is the truth. It's all there. It's all laid out, period. And in it, you get to choose whatever way you want to live, man. So don't take our, not say our, I don't want to, well, I guess so, our understanding and kindness for uh, your choices as us not believing that it's their sinful choices because they are just like mine are, you know what I mean? So be offended, but don't be offended. We're all in the same boat. And the only way out is Jesus Christ. So y'all got to get there someday. And in this case here, so glorified tension, man. Um, they were just getting upset and they hated Jesus when Jesus was loving them and just simply explaining what what it's all about, man, you know, um, simply put. So he, he straight up says your sins are forgiven, which is something that God could only do. Jesus could hear them, you know, he could hear their thoughts in their hearts. And Jesus, it says in verse eight, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they 
reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately the man arose, he took up the bed, he went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So again, as we spend time when we know who God is and we know who we are in Christ and we spend this intimacy with God and God is the number one pursuit of our life is his presence. We cannot get enough of his presence. That's what righteousness is, is continually seeking after God. And unrighteousness is anything outside of that. Pursuing money, pursuing goals, pursuing houses, pursuing whatever. Yes, it's a part of life, but God knows your heart. And if your heart towards that it is, is taking you away from your pursuit of God and trusting him and thanking him and loving him for all of these things, then you are living an unrighteous life. You're going further away from God than, instead of getting closer to him. So as we get closer to him through this secret place time, this intimacy, this reality of we can't get enough of God's presence, therefore his presence is flowing through us and out of us, right? We're pouring it out into the world. We don't compromise who we are, but we're like Christ. Christ was full of love, man. Christ was very full of love, but he called sinners sinners. He flat out said, these guys are sinners. They're broken. They're this, they're that, they're broken. They need me. They need a savior, you know? But you guys got it all together, right? You're, you're intellectual. You think you got it all figured out. You think you figured out the world. He's like, whatever. You don't need me. Obviously, you guys got what you want. And that's the reality of our choices, folks. Jesus lets you choose whatever you want, but he didn't cover up sin. He's, you're all sinners. They're all sinners. They're broken. They need a doctor. They need to be healed. That's why I came, Right? to destroy the works of the devil, to seek and save the lost. But you have to admit you're lost. And we don't, so we don't compromise in that. And then we just move through this obedience, right? This radical obedience, just like Jesus did. Obey his word, do what he says. Pray for those he tells you to pray for. Give words of knowledge. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing into him and his word. Keep pressing into church. Keep, keep going deeper. Keep learning. Keep serving. Keep loving right? All those things. And when you do that, there starts to be this glorified tension in your life. Because again, I've told you, Jesus didn't come to unify. Jesus came to divide. He came to divide his followers, right? Those who love him and follow him against, not against, but there's a separation. You know, Jesus was about unifying and loving everybody, but he came to draw a line in the sand, a clear line, who follows me, who doesn't, right? And in this case, the broken are following him, the Pharisees and Sadducees aren't, you know? And it's their choice. It's nothing Jesus did. It's nothing Jesus made them do. They just chose. So there's a, there's a great divide. And as we have this glorified tension in our life, even the word says that brother against brother, you know what I mean? Family member against family member, friends against friends, whatever. When you are a true uh, follower of Jesus Christ, and you're living radically obedient, and you're not compromising your future glory for temporary satisfaction, you know, there's tension in your life, and, and people may not want to be around you. 
Even people you love who aren't ready to follow Jesus Christ, there's a tension there, always, right? But we're not doing this to bring tension. You know, I mean, we are. It's a both end. The tension draws you closer to God. There's a conviction in it. And then God does, you know, we got to remember too that it's not us, man. We're called to be obedient because we love God. We're called to pursue God because we love God, you know, and not expect anything in return. But God's so good that he blesses us, even through the hard times, even through the, the recent death of my mom this last weekend. You know, his grace is pulling through his, you know what I mean? There's going to be good that comes out of it. There already is just through sharing and being open about it, being open about grief, being open about the process. You know, God's always working for the good. So there's byproducts of us knowing and following Jesus Christ. And uh, and it's the, the list is whatever, infinity. <laughs> you know, it, it's unending, man. Um, the byproducts of, of being with Jesus. And it doesn't mean this life is easy. doesn't mean everything's always good. And you know what I mean? All kumbaya, man. It's the trials, it's tribulations, it's everything that we go through in this life. Yes, we have good seasons, but we also have hard seasons. If we want to be real, we have more hard seasons than we do good seasons. But when we're right with Jesus and we're being radically obedient to Jesus, even in those hard seasons, we start to consider it pure joy. Like it says in the book of James, consider pure joy to go through trials and tribulations of all kinds because you know God is working for the good of those who love him, right? Romans 8, 28. So we know that, that God is moving even in the hard times. And yes, it's painful, but we get out of the pain and we're able to move forward and God is able to be glorified, right? That's this glorified tension. Everything we do is bringing glory to God. The tension we go through is to glorify God right? The hard times we go through, glorify God. The good times, glorify God. Everything we do in this life is to glorify God until his return. So, you know, even as I'm saying this, I see, you know, God preparing us, right? He's pouring this this through into me, through me, out to y'all to prepare you for what's going on in this world, how to be prepared for it, you know, when it when it comes, when this tension comes, don't be surprised by it. But our response is love, man. It's always Christ-like, you know. And if you want to be honest, most of the problems and the arguments and the fights in our life are rooted in selfishness and pride. What about me? What about my opinion? What about me, 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 me? When it should be, what about Jesus? You know what I mean? And if it's what about Jesus, then your your opinion is not that important. It's more important that the other person maybe feels loved, maybe accepted. Maybe you hear their opinion and you and you and you build up. You know what I mean? Unless it's something detrimental, then you got to draw a line in the sand and go, hey, that's flat out wrong. But for the most part, you know, you got to listen to people, you got to listen to learn, you got to speak to build, and that comes through being like Christ. You know what I mean? Um and again, just pick an argument. Most arguments are about pretty petty things that we turn into huge, huge arguments out of our own pride, out of our own brokenness, out of our own selfishness, you know, and that's not, that's not being like Christ at all, you know. That's worldly devil tension. That's the devil coming in, you know, John 10, 10, like the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy uh, you and me. 
and he's out to destroy marriages and he's out to destroy individuals and he's out to destroy anointed ones who are out preaching the word and he's out to destroy those that are helping people. And you know what I mean? That's the devil's job and he never stops. You know what I mean? But he's already defeated. You know, Jesus defeated him when he died on the cross. He went down into hell. He took back the keys. You know what I mean? He, 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 he destroyed death. Death no, has no sting. We now have eternal life. Satan has no power except the power that you give him. And there you go, folks. So we're already victorious, which is another you know, aspect of loving God, knowing who we are in him, who he is to us. We have this victory, which helps us to get through these hard times, uh, you know, a little bit easier and a little bit faster. And um, yeah, so right now in this world, folks, there's glorified tension, man. Uh, the world is blatantly worship, worshiping Satan. He's not hiding at all anymore. Uh, the news channels say we worship Satan. Uh, we can't wait to worship him. You know what I mean? It's just, it's sick. It's disgusting. It shouldn't be surprising um, at all. And uh, in the midst of it, we're called to be like Christ. Uh but not to compromise, but to be loving, to listen, to learn, to speak, to build, but also to speak the truth, which is the word of God. It's not our opinion. It's the word of God, which created everything, period, Um, factually, historically, uh, everything. It's truth. And it's the only truth. And it's the only way to heaven is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ, who is God. (laughs) Amen. So glorify tension, folks. Be ready for it. Uh, embrace it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> these times we're living in, folks, it, it's if you're a follower of Christ, then it's no surprise and you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not, uh, you know what I'm talking about and I'm giving you the answer to it, whether you're ready to receive it or not. I hope you are. And actually, let's just move into that right now. I want to give you all an opportunity right now, whether you've uh, received Jesus many years ago and you've walked away from him or you're not following him or you're putting all these other things in front of him and you know this world's going down and you're still not right with God and you don't know whether you're going to heaven or hell because there is a reality, uh, even with the Pharisees and Sadducees, hey, look, look, Lord, look what I did for you, man. And he's like, get away from me. I don't even know you, right? Because God knows our heart. So right now, I want you to get your heart right with God. So say this prayer. Repeat this prayer. You know, dear Jesus, uh, I want to get right with you, Lord. I want my heart softened, Lord. Give me a new heart right now, Lord. Wash me clean, Lord. Like you say in Ezekiel 36, Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins and the things that I've justified in the things that I've tried to make okay, but they're sin. And you came to die for all my sins. So please forgive me of my sins, Lord. Please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I will follow you, Lord, for all of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer, you know, congratulations, man. You know, whether you recommitted or that's the first time you said that prayer, you know, get connected. You can reach out to me through the website, 
www.livethelifeministry333.com. Again, www.livethelifeministry333.com. You can reach out through that um, and try to help you get connected with a good Bible-based church. Again, church is just a building, but a church is a filling station. A church is a place where you're going to encounter people, good people and bad people. But don't, you know, maybe that's happened to you already in your life, but a church is a filling station, man. And, and, and we go to church, not for us, but for the gifts that God's given us for the other people in the church. When you come together as a community, we're not created to live this life alone. So that's what church is, man. That's what the building is, is getting filled up, getting sharpened. You can deepen your relationship. You can take some classes. You can find some ways to serve. But, but through that process, God's drawing you closer and closer to him so that when you're outside those walls, you can do what we talked about today which is being radically obedient, not compromising our future glory. And, and you're going to start to experience this, this glorified tension um, in your life. So get plugged in, get your armor on, get ready. But most of all, I pray you just, you're just overwhelmed by the love of Jesus, man, and that he just floods your life, all aspects of your life, your marriages, your friendships, your family, your workplace. You know what I mean? Um, Wherever you're at, God knows he made you. He knit you in your mother's womb. He knit me in my mother's womb, you know? And now my mom's not here anymore, you know? And uh, this one hurts, man. I feel barren and empty. Even Monday, I felt empty, man. Like, this is a weird one. I've been through a lot of a lot of death in my life, man, but losing your mom's a hard one, but God's going to get me through it. My wife is going to get me through it. My friendships, your prayers, you know, God's going to get me through it, you know, but there's a, there's a sharpening that's going to happen in this. I don't know what it is yet, but God's going to do something in me that's going to help to glorify him. I do know that. So, um, Anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed the message. Again, please reach out, man, through the website. Um, Share this podcast and just keep pressing in, man. Keep pressing in. We're in the end times, folks. And uh, there's only one way to heaven. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you guys.